Okay, uh, welcome back to the Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brian, and with me is Steve. You know what? Duck, 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 goose. You're it. I guess that makes it as me. I'm Clinton, and I'm also very warm because you didn't think global warming was real look outside and touch the ground that's the globe and now it's warm butter bing butter boom thank you so Kyle. have a good night yeah it's uh i think it was like 80 degrees or something fahrenheit we're in the u.s uh it's january today is january 17th it is very hot uh why is it so hot <laughs> Probably a lot of reasons for that, but we're here to talk about absolutely none of it. We're just complaining about it. How much does global warming factor into the plot of One Piece? Um, I, I don't want to say no. it's non-existent, but it's slim, I would say. I feel like it's slim. Well, considering we will touch on, I mean, the calm belt in geography in a minute, I'm going to dig back in. There are areas in, let's just say, One Piece world, this crazy globe that has been drawn out. One Piece is not not so flat earth shit. Oda didn't offer that trick. There are a handful of different environments, some of which we will see sooner than later, um, as far as extreme temperatures, etc. But as far as actual global warming, I'm not sure. Guess maybe we'll never know. Eh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. There's, it's just hot. It's fucking hot. Why is it so hot in the in what should be the quote unquote winter? Fuck nuclear <laughs> winter, right? Burr, burr, burr. Fallout. War, war never changes, except in Metal Gear, where it changed. All right. Well. I I think I've only played two. Oh. As in the second... Well, that could, the sec, Metal Gear Solid 2 isn't even the second Metal Gear game. But... There you go. Okay, I've only played that the one. The joke for the audience is that in the beginning of the critically acclaimed and also criticized Metal Gear Solid 4, the opening tagline read by A1 Old Solid Snake is literally... War has changed, and I'm not sure if that was Kojima making a funny funny at uh, at Fallout, or if that was just the world's biggest coincidence. Because wait, actually, let's get into talking about One Piece. But I am going to fact check those release dates right now. I mean, I think they've had that more or less monologue since the first Fallout game, which I'm pretty sure predates. Well, I know Fallout predates Metal Gear Solid Four, but. But not Metal Gear. Well, yeah, so, I don't think so. Let's say. Okay, I know Fallout 3 came out in like 2007. I, I think the uh, first no, Fallout. That was like when Fallout re entered the popularity zeitgeist. Okay, wait. Metal Gear Solid 4. Give me like a fat second. Oh, June 2008. Okay, never mind then. I guess Fallout beat it to the race for new games. Kojima ripped off Fallout. There you go. Thanks, Kojima. And I have no idea what y'all are talking about. 
Speaking of which, let's go back to talking about filler. Sucks. Yay. Okay, so, episode 55, Miraculous Creature, Obis's Secret and the Legendary Island. So, if you remember what happened at the end of episode 54. I would not blame you if you didn't. Right? The Straw Hat crew gets away from the Marines because Oppie says, hey, this bird says there's going to be a wind. So they take the wind. And, you know, everyone's all peaceful and shit until Zoro and Nami are like, hey, something's wrong. And Nami just yells out, we're in the calm belt. So that is where we pick up with episode 55. And she's yelling that again, we're in the calm belt. Or, as Usopp says, the clam belt? Little funny guy there. And yeah. Yeah, that was a very... I was surprised they wanted that joke, but honestly, I'm not against it. So Nami is desperate to get out of the calm belt. And she's urging the crew to just start paddling away, but all the guys seem ignorant as to the nature of the calm belt, so she decides that she has to give a brief lesson at that point. So as she tells us, the calm belts are uh, where there are no wind or ocean currents, and they sit parallel, if I understood that, on either side of the Grand Line. So she says that no one knows why this is a phenomenon that exists, but it does. And she's saying, more importantly than that, you know, she's trying to say this anyways, and she is cut off by the other danger she was about to speak of, which is giant fucking sea monsters. The sea monsters would rather introduce themselves. So the ship is on top of one sea monster's head, and you have these separate zoomed-in Oda face cuts of all the crew. Very, very detailed. And that is when Nami reveals that the calm belts are the main place of breeding for various giant sea monsters known as sea kings. And that's when the title card hits, and it's been like five or six minutes already, and that was a very long uh, title reveal. So after the title break, you have Zoro trying to give the Jurassic Park defense of, if we don't move, they won't see us. Which Usopp had rightfully called out as being stupid, but at the same time, Usopp made enough noise to draw the attention of the creatures. So it's kind of like a trade-off, like, Oh yeah, don't move, but they're still going to fucking hear you. So you see the creature that the ship is resting on moves in response to this giant frog that's attacking the ship because Usopp is making all of this noise. And Opis, the little girl with the funny hat, falls off towards the frog's open mouth. So Luffy, to try to save her, stretches his arm out to grab her. And that's when the girl notices, oh, hey, wait a minute, you've got a devil fruit power. So seeing this, Oppies gets this idea that she tells Luffy, hey, drop me back down. And he does it without even asking, like, oh, what are you trying to do? Which is like, all right, cool, whatever. Let his arm fall down. And the girl yanks a nose hair from the creature that the ship is on. So the creature starts to, like, shake. It's got some tears in its eyes, I believe. And because Oppies yanked that hair, the creature now has the urge to sneeze. And that sneeze sends the crew and the ship 
flying through the air, just soaring. And Luffy says something along the lines of, oh, hey, it's like we're flying. To which like Usopp responds, in case you didn't notice, we are flying. And that is the second time that this has happened in this show. I have a feeling it's not going to be the last time this happens in the show. So the ship lands back in the waters that they had been in before entering the calm belt. And they are able to sail away without further immediate danger. And the Straw Hat crew soon finds themselves approaching the mysterious Warship Island. Once again, it's named that because the silhouette has the appearance of a massive warship. So the residents of the island prepare to repel what they expect to be invading pirates until they see that, oh, hey, it's the little girl, Oppies. Like, why are you here? Why did the Marines take you anyways, Oppies? And Luffy asks a dumbass question, which stuns all of the villagers. And he just says, hey, do you guys know of any good barbecue restaurants here? Oppies tells the villagers that the Straw Hats aren't evil, which they hesitantly accept. And the villagers ask Oppies why the Marines took her in the first place. I already said that, but, you know, they're like calmer. So they're able to think a little bit more rationally. And uh, they say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be on the island anymore because the Marines are still around and they're going to try catching you again. And at that point, an old man kind of bow-legged and with a saggy hat, as opposed to everyone's firm and erect hats, I guess. Uh, so he tells Oppies to go to his house. And it turns out that this is her grandfather. And he decides to throw a celebration for her safe return. And we cut away to Commodore Nelson disgustingly gorges himself on like food and drink and he tells eric that Oppies, who the mercenary had reported as forever lost in the calm belt uh, has recently been spotted on warship island so we cut back again to the old man who says almost done as he's cooking some food and when the crew asks he says oh you know just another four hours and everyone is sad in the meantime nami asks the old man whose name is Bokudan, why the Marines came for Oppies, but he said that he doesn't know, and Oppies says she doesn't know either, but you know, you kind of get the hint that one of them is lying, but there does happen to be a legend about the island that is in no way the reason why the Marines are going around and kidnapping little girls and trying to find lost mythical locations. According to Bokudan, the people of the island are descendants of Lost Island, which Ooh, mysterious. It sank into the sea at some point. Bokudin says that the millennial dragons also lived there, and the bones of the dragons can become Dragonite, or the Elixir of Life. At that point, the old man starts to list out names like it's the Old Testament, and he's talking about kings of Lost Island, and he might as well be saying, like, Joseph begat whatever. It's been a while since I've read the Bible, honestly. I should have just started with Abraham or something. But yeah, so while the old man's going as a very long history lesson that's like putting everyone else to sleep, Oppies sneaks away and it appears like maybe an hour or two later, Luffy also walks away from this to use the bathroom. But he is distracted in the meantime and he walks towards the kitchen and Oppies has this like frying pan ready to fucking knock Luffy out if she tries to follow him. But he just falls asleep on his own just on the floor and she's like oh wow that, that's convenient and you see obvious sneak away so you cut back to the history lesson again it's been maybe another hour 
or so. And Nami decides that she's going to sneak away to uh, check on Luffy. Yeah. And so Usopp's like, why do you get to leave? He's like, yeah, no, I'm uh, definitely only going to check on Luffy and no other reason. So she finds Luffy passed out and she, Nami assumes that Luffy ate everything because suddenly all of the pork buns that the grandpa had been making are gone. But then she also notices this trail, sort of, that goes from the kitchen, and the pair follow it out to a cliff. And as they get closer, Opis, who had made those tracks, is calling out for a Grandpa Ryu. I'm going to say this. Ryu is one of those words in Japanese that I actually know. And it's not just the name of a Street Fighter character. Because as we cut back to Nami and Luffy, they make it to the cave and they're stumbling closer to Apis until they see her with a giant fucking millennial dragon. So yeah, it is a very old and worn down dragon who has been named Grandpa Ryu. Ryu is the Japanese word for dragon. It's pretty on the nose. I'm kind of surprised I didn't think about it when we were talking about the episode in the last podcast episode but here we are uh so yeah luffy just looks at it in the eye it cuts back to just luffy's eyes and ryu's eyes and luffy says oh you want to go home is that it oppie says that ryu can tell that luffy is a good person and she asks how luffy was able to understand the dragons and the rubber boy just responds oh i just can how can you understand and Nami correctly guesses that Opius had ate a devil fruit, which in the English, at least in the Funimation dub, it says whisper, whisper, or as it is written, the he so he so no me. So the younger girl AKA can AKA the yin yang sweets. So the young girl can read the minds of animals. It doesn't actually say like how she found the fruit or where. Kind of wish it would go into that, but we see Opis just picking flowers in the field one day, and her powers let her hear whispers, basically, from this cave. And she doesn't know what animal is making it, so she tries to follow the whispers, and that is when she finds Ryu in the cave. Opis says that Ryu says that Lost Island, where the dragons lived, resurfaces from time to time and it should reappear in the next few days. However, Ryu lacks the strength and energy to get there on his own because he's old. If you look at him, I'll describe him a little bit. He's kind of long. He's closer to... He's kind of a mix between Eastern and Western representations of dragons, but he's got like... I say it looks like a very hairy version of the Shrek dragon, but not a female. Kind of. That's the, as far as structure. But he also has like a giant bald spot. So that's how you know he's an old dragon. Damn. Yeah. So he's old. He doesn't have the strength and energy that he once had to get to Lost Island himself. So Oppies had been like so desperate that at some point she had even asked the Marines if they knew how to get to Lost Island, which I feel like it'd be a weird thing in general besides this legendary thing but yeah she happened to 
stumble upon the few Marines that would. I guess I don't know why I'm saying the few Marines. As for all I know, a lot of Marines believe this theory, but she stumbles upon Marine officers that actually are like, you want, yeah, immortality. This kid definitely knows where the fucking immortality juice is. So they kidnap this little girl so that she can lead them to Dragonite. That is how she had been taken by the Marines in the first place, basically. Oppie says, I'll find a way to get him there, no matter if it takes me a lifetime. And seeing this, Luffy volunteers the crew to take Ryu to Lost Island. And apparently, the dragon is senile, because Luffy got too close, and Ryu just like softly chomps on Luffy's head. And uh, yeah, we cut back to the world's greatest villain, Eric. And he is on the move. And that is where the episode ends. Any thoughts? It's a filler episode. Just for our listeners out there, I'd like to make it known for the record that I'm not the biggest fan of filler. I don't necessarily see a point in it. Like, I'm here for the actual story, not side stories. So just give me on that main canon. I'm not going to worry about filler. And so... It's kind of hard for me to watch and pay attention to since it's filler. But you know what? It doesn't make it less of an episode. It was still a good episode. Okay, well, before we cut back to Slash, there, there is a reason that filler exists. It's because they caught up to what was in the manga and they have to fill time, basically. Because the animation companies can't pace themselves well enough. I think it just depends on the show as well. Like I, I, w- I would argue that one Piece has probably some of the better paced filler chunks out there in terms of where they pop up in the story. Versus before we just started recording today, we were talking about other fillers. Naruto is another similar show, similar time period. Kind of notoriously has really big, inconsistent blocks of filler. Especially at its point where its time skip happens right before that pops off. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of filler that goes on there. It's kind of kind of out of control, I know you ask. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and I guess as far as my thoughts, I will actually credit this episode for a few things I noted. One, I'll give myself a big pat on the back for needing our reference, the yin-yang twin song. What is it? Whisper song? Isn't that just the name of the song? Yeah. Anyway, that was the joke earlier. Pat myself on the back for that. That quote is meant for the podcast. But, uh, no, actually... Two important things. One, working backwards, I guess. Uh, speaking of whispering, Luffy and how he understands uh, what uh, Grandpa Ryu is saying, or Ryuji, which I think that's also kind of a play on words because G is sort of a way of saying old man or grandpa's like Ryuji in this sense is meant to like be humorous. And uh, I don't know. The wordplay is hard across languages. Uh, but Luffy and the way he just understands the dragon as much as that seems out of place, that's actually a canon thing that he has. Like, it's explained later in great detail, and there's, like, a reason for that. So I kind of like that they're showing an example of it, because I don't know if we've had a, like, straight-up example of this before. But then working back to the stuff, I wanted to touch on the Combelt stuff, because that is actually also a little more canon than, you know, obviously other parts of the filler. So getting to see that detailed out here i think is really cool so we have like them they get caught in the combat it's kind of cool because when 
One Piece starts off, the original intro to the show just looks like a lot of really cool, like, cuts, and, you know, they're having a bunch of random fights, and it seems like things are happening, but it's an anime intro, and it's, like, it is a bit different than the second one, which actually uses some snippets of clips we've seen from a lot of the East Blue stuff, because it's kind of like we're putting a bow tie on all this and we're moving forward. But the first intro, there are a lot of shots of the Strata crew, and they're on the boat, and they're actually Sea Kings, and... While they seem to be background decoration, it's kind of cool that they actually use all the, those wild designs. Like one that always stuck out to me was it looked like there was just a big ass ostrich head that was sticking out of the water. They're like, nah, it's just a giant, crazy, like sea kaiju monster. So that's cool that we get to see that. And technically, we have already seen a sea king before. Big cut back to if anyone remembers, but in the beginning, where Shanks saves Luffy, that is also a sea king, even though that one is literally just like big sea dragon. So for that to be like one of the first Sea Kings we see on screen, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense. So it's nice that it, even though this is a filler episode, we get a little screen time and a little bit more of a detailed explanation of the comm belt and how all that works because it's like filler or not, that is canon geography and I guess what zoology for the world if you want to get technical, marine biology, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, but whatever, the girl has a dragon in the cave, his name is Grandpa, okay, <laughs> that's the episode. Yeah, pretty much. Why don't you take it away with episode 56, Steve? Here we are, episode 56. Eric attacks Great Escape from Warship Island. Here we are, back on Warship Island. And off in the distance, these villagers spot the encroaching marines. They come up to the island. The old man has told his history lesson basically throughout the entire night. He's put the entire crew to sleep, and he's even put himself to sleep. And it's just a really long and drawn-out story, and not all that interesting in some cases. So, But who am I to say on how interesting it is? However, the Marines starting to blockade the harbor. They're starting to block off all these boats from entering and leaving. Basically the definition of a blockade. And then we pan to Luffy and Nami. As they drag the rest of the crew out of the cave where they encounter Ryuji. And Zoro's like, I guess the closer you get to the Grand Line, the more you run into things like this. Very astute observation of him. Man, this guy must have a high IQ. Who knows? Ryu kind of gently chomps on Usopp's head. Kind of gnawing because he doesn't really have teeth or anything like that. He's an old little guy. And then Usopp is like really getting pissed. That you know what? Luffy once again volunteered the crew services without asking. However, Usopp is outnumbered by the rest of the crew's resolve to complete the quest. And so he's just kind of pissed off about that. That's kind of Usopp for He's just like, oh, well, why weren't we asked? Da, 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 da. The crew clears a section of the forest so they can use that lumber to build. A huge cart to carry Ryuji down the mountain back out to sea. And the place that they're at is this little place that looks like Usopp's nose. It's really pointy and stuff like that. So they're joking and prodding at uh, Usopp and be like, Ah, look at you, it's it's your nose. Haha. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And so the crew are starting to think, well, how do we get him down the mountain? And how we get him to break through the Marines' blockade. 
And then Nami's like, someone should sneak down to the ship and sail it to where we're at right now, the back of the island. And they're like, oh yeah, that's great. And what do you know, it's Usopp that is like, ooh, I'll do it, I'll do it. However, Zoro's like, yeah, but I'll be in charge of it. We know how you are, Usopp. Non-competent, almost. <laughs> Anyways, the Nami's like, we'll get the ship and bring it to the edge of that cape. The one that looks like Usopp's nose, like we just said. Sanji and Luffy are going to load Ryuji onto the cart. And this cart really doesn't look like a cart, necessarily. It looks more like a, a raft. And so the Marines kind of burst in. They burst into uh, Ryokoden's house. They're kind of confused by his babble. He's like, He's kind of snoring. He's, he's like out. He's totally out. Eric, the uh, quote-unquote world's greatest villain, starts to lead them to the trail that Oppie's made with her bag of pork buns. Too bad she can't cover up her trails. But anyways, they know to go up the mountain because it's kind of obvious. So Usopp and Zoro are witnessing this development. He's like, I have an idea. And our man Zoro cuts off some pieces of his bamboo drain storm. Or, or, or drain spout, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're going to use this to swim to the boat and not get caught. And then Usopp and Zoro stick the pipes into their mouth, kind of like you see in the movies where it's just like spouts sticking out their mouth. It's kind of like that, except these drain spouts are huge. So Usopp, the pipe stuck in his mouth, he makes some racket. He's climbing up the ship. He starts banging into the ship and, and being all loud. He becomes this huge target for the Marines. He's somehow dodging all their bullets. At that very moment, Zoro cuts the ship loose. He cuts off the anchor. And they go uh, sailing. Zoro and Usopp accidentally ram a marine ship as they're sailing away. They are trying to steer it and steer it and steer it. However, they just somehow ran into it. I mean, what, what can I say? They're like 16-year-olds. It do be like that. And in response to that, the marines start fanning out through the forest, making their way towards the cave. And in the meantime... The animals in the forest are very observant of this. They're passing all this information. Next thing you know, they're warning Apis about this. Because she can speak to animals. Nami is trying to settle the young girl's fears. Because she's like, ah, they're coming. Oh my god, what do we do? What do we do? And she's freaking out. She is freaking out, man. And so Nami's like, we've still got Luffy and Sanji to fight them. We'll be just fine. They're badasses. I believe in them. Marines are there, and they get a good old look at uh, Ryuji, and they're like, they start freaking out when they set their eyes on this good old millennial dragon. Then we pan back to Zoro and Usopp as they're sailing along, and there's a marine ship that's falling behind, surprisingly fast, considering how large it is. And it's getting up on the on the merry-go. It's going, it's going, it's going. And so, then we pan back down land, and Marines of Land are taking aim at Ryu, and Oppie's trying to shield the dragon with, like, throwing herself in front of all her guns, and she's like, no, don't do it! And then Ryuji covers her with her wing. His wing covers her all up in total. Here we have Eric. 
he tends to switch his priorities from the girl to her dragon. The Marines are opening fire, and Nami, in the heat of the moment, drags Apis back to safety as Luffy jumps to take all the bullets, which ricochet off his body and go flying in different directions. Then Eric, using his brain and having some kind of knowledge, says, Use your swords, men. Bullets won't work against his rubber. These troops storm up the hill. Luckily, Luffy and Sanji just start taking out Marines pretty quickly. And it's just like, boom, 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 kicking ass and all that good shit. It's great. And Eric, kind of pissed off now, kills a fleeing soldier. And Straw Hats are kind of perplexed by it because they don't really understand how he was killed. Eric, kind of breaking normal villain conventions, introduces himself as the Whirlwind and says that his employer is Nelson. And I think we see Nelson a little later in this episode. He's kind of this big, chunky, fat dude, and he's kind of just like snotty. Eric's like, he's got no beef with the Straw Hats, but he's taking that dragon. Or else... They'll all get a taste of his sickle sickle fruit, also known as the Kamakama no Mi. And Sanji's like, did he say sicko? Sicko? Hell yeah, sicko mode. We eat the cactus jackfruit. Ah, oh, shit, got him. But yes, cue sicko mode. Everyone starts ignoring Eric as he monologues, like a good old villain does. And Eric's just pissed off now. And Luffy's like, yeah. We heard you. You're Eric the Sicko. Eric's visibly pissed off right now. He starts using his Sickle Sickle Whirlwind for our Japanese viewers. The Kamakama no Sumujikaze. Which managed to give Luffy and Sanji a few cuts. Kind of like paper cuts almost. They're just kind of annoying and they hurt a lot. But you know, it still cuts. They can still get infected. Nami declares that the ship is in range, and her two crewmates boom it up. They incline to push the cart down the, down the mountain, kind of like a sled. So the cart's making its way past Eric, giant rocks and boulders and all that good stuff. Then we get to Usopp and Zoro, and they resign themselves to being caught by the Marines following them. They start to psych themselves up for fight before the giant cart rolls off the island. Destroying the massive ship that's pursuing them. Almost like a divine intervention kind of thing. Pretty fucking crazy. This cart skips across the water and skims until it comes to a stop and it's just floating on the water. Now this raft, because now it's in the water, is just this huge dragon's raft. It's all, it just takes up the whole dragon. And the crew set sail for the Lost Island. Which just generally means they're heading out in any direction. Because, guess what? Called the Lost Island. Will they find it? Will they know where to look? But that's all for episode 56. What'd y'all think? We'll say they at least kind of start to get to the action quicker than later. We don't get a long, drawn-out process of, like, that old man that made them all fall asleep telling a story in the village, like, leading that on for three episodes. Mm -hmm. I say that mostly just knowing how many, like, flashbacks can come up in, like, canon big arcs later on, which add context, but uh, still, it's, I guess it's like, well, at least things are happening, and they're 
trying to make pieces move. There's really not much to it though. Um, yeah, and so your sicko load jokes for Eric. <laughs> oh, I will. I definitely will. Yeah, it's uh, it is an episode that occurred. So something I noticed because I had to look up the Japanese name, so I went to the wiki. I guess in the Japanese, they call him Eric the Crossdresser because it sounds like like Kamakama sounds like Okama or something like that. I'm I'm not fluent in Japanese, so I'm probably hitting those syllables differently. But that was a little tie-in, I guess, how they translated it from Crossdresser to Sicko. I guess that's a weird point, and I won't only use this little hook of the bait because I know that Brian very much enjoys what I'm about to let him know that there's a reference of in One Piece, but um, there's quite literally just Rocky Horror people later in One Piece, so the fact that this guy is jokingly named Crossdresser is like, when he's kind of just wearing a nice suit, it's kind of weird, so I, I get the joke, but I'm just like, huh, interesting. But yes, more wordplay, sicko mode. More Rocky Horror, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, why don't you, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Why don't you take over with episode 57? Okay, I will do my darndest. So, quick tangent fun fact, because all this filler right before I start this. This episode, episode 57, is Lone Island in a Distant Sea, a legendary lost island. So just a fun, quick little bit. Usually, to kind of go meta for a moment, I will be able to kind of divvy back my recollection of the episode by maybe taking one or two notes, or I'll just watch before we continue, because I watched One Piece all the way through, at least for most of what's current. I just haven't kept up with what is the most current art in anime form, but again, we are, we're, we're a minute away from there. So these older episodes, I am familiar with still, especially these earlier ones, because I even remember seeing some of them. I don't know if the filler was on when the Four Kids run was happening eons ago, but... Um, at least most of East East Blue I was very familiar with. So uh, it has been pretty easy for me to kind of just coast by and chill. And I do plan on taking more notes for more episodes. I have bigger thoughts on in the future as we get to cooler things happening. But wrapping this minutiae of a thought up, I was going to say was uh, thinking I could kind of just coast by on this one or like look at the wiki page as a skeleton and fill in my memory points with the rest of it. Um, hey, guess what? If you wanted to enforce... Uh, how, how much filler this really is and how, how fillery it truly do be. When I went to look up the wiki pages for these episodes, well, this one specifically that I especially knew that I was going to talk on, uh, there's almost nothing in the summary. There's maybe a two or three sentence summary of blank, blank happens, blank, blank happens, and then that happens, and then to be continued. Whereas if you look at maybe... I don't know, even one of the like semi-filler, semi-canon episodes of, what was it, Rogue Town? Uh, yeah, they, they at least tell you that like Sanji's in a cooking competition and like gets the big fish and that lady was like stalking him as a chef and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, it's kind of goofy, but you at least get the details. Whereas it's like, man, whoever at least is in charge of moderating or keeping up with the wiki that I took, note, or at least the episode names from, from for this one, uh, they didn't have shit filled in, so here we go. Anyway, uh, so Luffy and the group, finally, they're off the island. Everything is good, and they're escaping the Marines, and they go off toward wherever they think Lost Island is. They're just trying to get away from Warship Island. And so as this is happening, there's a cutback to the Marines 
uh, who are trying to recuperate from them escaping. They're like, damn, they got away. What are we going to do now? And then Eric is thinking about what to do next and just thinking about what it's going to be like when he finally gets to Lost Island and finds the dragon's nest so he can you know, get his legendary elixir. And he even enforces, like, you know, the, the fact that the pirates, like, why are these pirates involved with all these commoners on this island? You know, what do they care? That just goes to show you that, and from his perspective, like, oh, this elixir, you know, the dragonite and everything, this must be worth something or else why would these pirates be involved? There's no way they're just trying to be nice, right? Joke's on you. But anyway, um, he also deviously starts to scheme and in the meantime tells the Marines that are working under him not to report back to Major Nelson just yet. Some of them are like, oh, well, what, well, why wouldn't we do that? And he's just like, oh, don't worry about it. But in his head, he's obviously thinking that he wants to cut out the middleman of Nelson at this point since he's that close to finding it and just get the elixir for himself because why would you trust a hired assassin, I guess? So anyway, he also sets out for Warship Island and, and you know they'll regroup and then they finally uh, go after the Straw Hats. So we cut back to Luffy and uh, they are also uh, headed towards the island and you see Apis come out, or Apis come out of the kitchen on the Going Mary, and she has a pot of food. And if we remember from last time when we first met her, her cooking is quite terrible. <laughs> but the food actually looks palatable this time as it's drawn normally with a variety of colors. It's like she made fried rice or something pretty tasty. But Sanji walks up behind her, which I think is implying that he helped her with the cooking that time. And then Usopp very kindly, sarcasm, sarcasm, says oh thank heaven sanji helped with it this time and you know not to be talk shit to she steps on usopp's foot right as she walks by him so get fucked usopp but at the same time uh luffy notices that there's food and he oh he's also on the little raft uh, on the back of the boat kind of tending to ryuji kind of poking at him and like well not really bothering him but just saying, like saying hey what's up hey, where's the island what are you thinking uh, but he notices the food it's like ooh, food because luffy has two brain cells so his food brain cell activates, and then he reaches out, but the pot is like a big, it's like a kettle pot, so the whole, like, uh, well, Oppie's had pot holders on her hand, which Luffy's dumbass, he did not. So he reaches for the pot, but by the time his rubber hands have retracted back to him, he's like, oh shit, like, my hands are on fire, and then he kind of drops the pot on top of uh, Ryuji's really awkward dragon bump, his, his weird bald spot, which I've, I've forgot to mention last time we were talking about his design that i think it kind of i mean i get that he's an old droopy dragon at this point but i just really think the head bump feels weird and and the, the i mean it's not like much of a spoiler but eventually when other dragons show up even in ryu's memories let's just say that most of them don't have that bump so to me it always implied that like he got injured but maybe he just has a bald spot but it's like man your design isn't that bad but you got this big old bump i don't know anyway so Luffy drops the pot of food there, and Sanji's like, God damn it, don't waste food, Luffy. But though the dragon is kind of just having this wake-up moment, a flashback happens. And there are also some fish jumping in the ocean, and he just has flashbacks of, like, birds, and then eventually dragons flying. And he just remembers that to the east, there's an island they need to go to. So that's where they steer the ship. And as this happens, I mean, they at least have their direction. We cut back to see that the Marines and their Eric are still prepping for their, their following of the Straw Hats and moving forward with that. There's just a lot of weird cuts like that. But then we finally cut back again to the Straw Hats and they're finishing lunch, finishing their, I guess, their prep for that. 
a real cute looking interaction between Zoro and Sanji doing dishes together. Like it's it's a very mundane task thing, but I, I found it kind of cute. Um, anyway, uh, the, so things are progressing as normal. The day is going by, but then they come across what looks to be like a Mario 64 ass mirror in the ocean of just like a reflection that's finally coming up of the going merry. And they're like, what is this? Are we going to crash? But the, the sheep's head on the front poked its way through, and then Luffy's riding on the top like, ooh, we're, cr- we're going through to this crazy, crazy other side of this mirror world. And they enter into what seems to be almost like a portal. And like I said, uh, Mario 64 style, so it almost looks like they're going through like the ripples of a painting. Yeah, so the whole going merry goes there. And then Eric's Marines in the background, who are slowly starting to catch up, kind of just see the ship. But from their perspective, it all of a sudden like just disappears out of nowhere. Like they pulled a like cloaking shroud over them or something. So anyway, we go into the the rough portal world, and uh, the seas are very choppy and very rough. But the Straw Hats make it through. They survive to make it to the center of the calm, I guess, of the storm, uh, in which there is actually an old and decrepit island. It, there are a lot of ruins there, uh, and then. Even though they arrive, they think, ooh, is this the lost island that we came through a crazy portal and all this crazy other stuff? We made it through that storm. Is this it? But even looking down at Ryuji, I forget who acknowledges this from the dragon, but either Apis or Luffy says, like, hmm, maybe this isn't lost island. I don't know. So, again, going back to this dragon being senile and giving them a runaround. I don't know about that. But uh, they take their time to get the raft back up on its wooden wheels and they roll it up to the top of the island, which is where... Luffy is saying, like, hey, let's just go check that out. You know, let's give the island a good look and see what we got up here. So they roam around and they're just observing the ruins and seeing whatever was left of the society there. These people really love dragons. Dragons are everywhere. Uh, on their architecture, like, Oppies finds, like, a little spinning top toy that a kid probably played with that also has, like, a dragon design. These people are just, like, big dragon stands. Are you a dragon? They probably loved you. Anyway, they get to the top of the hill, and then there's this, what looks to be some kind of a shrine slash temple. And there's like a piece missing out of the door, and Opis tries to use what looks to be like her tooth necklace that she's wearing to open the door, and she can't fit it in at first, so because it's well, because it's higher up. So Luffy reaches over to help her, but as this is happening, the floor conveniently just falls out from right under them, and I don't think they actually ever see what is behind that door. But they do fall down. I think it is where they end up anyway. But they do fall down into uh, underground ruins. And in these ruins, they noticed up uh, on the ceiling is a giant mural with a lot of different drawings. And that is where the episode ends. So what do y'all think about that? A little more uh, action-packed, I would say. Has a little more depth to it. And I like the adventure that they're on and the brief history lesson it sounds like they're about to get into. So uh, I look forward to that. I think... That might have been the shortest episode description that we've ever hit. Was it? I was trying to stretch some of that out, too. I, I, I went over just about every beat that was manageable. Just filler is filler be filler. Yep. Filler do be like that. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to stretch out, considering I took notes for this, I'm trying to stretch out any possible detail that hasn't already been covered. I'm trying to create some filler of your own, I see. Bomb got him. Ah, uh, got him. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is that the lieutenant commander does have a name, and it's Hardy, like Tom Hardy. But uh, yeah, it's just they do love dragons. That is true. 
What's there to say? It's filler. It's subpar. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say all filler's subpar, but... Dubpar. Oh, God. Um, We're going to bring out fucking uh, Piccolo in the car again if you say shit like that. Hey, man, I love Piccolo in the car. That's probably the only... When's Luffy getting his driver's license? When's he getting his boating license, bruh? Never. (laughs) If SpongeBob can't get it, how can Luffy get it? Oh, shit. I'm assuming he never actually learns how to steer a ship, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, well... I mean, that's why he has a navigator. Who knows what Oda's gonna do. I mean, your navigator isn't always your helmsman. That is true. But maybe we'll come across a really cool boatsman in the future. Is that the skeleton? Hmm. No, that's the musician. Oh, is he literally only the musician? No. Got it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, we uh, I think we've had enough filler for this time. We're just going to cut to the chase. Steve, what do you have to plug? At Steve, S-C-E-E, Horniak, H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. Oda put out his thousandth and one chapter, so that's always fun. For me, uh, Twitter bird stuff is same as it's always been, at Roblink. Should you be into the Twitch streamy stuff, I'm prepping to start doing some streams again. With the video games, both old and new, that's over at twitch.tv slash Roblink. Uh, and yeah, big ups to Oda. At a certain point, uh, we kind of will have to stop counting, but Oda moving into the 1,000 plus territory of the One Piece manga is pretty wild. Hang on to your butts. You're keeping up live. Yeah. Okay, you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at LTubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find us on Instagram with Reluctant Cruise Podcast. You can email us if you want by sending emails to ReluctantCruise at gmail.com. So yeah, that's it. Have fun on that cruise. Fuck the sea cops. <laughs>